on foundations class. And so some of the people that would normally be in here are in there, but we're thrilled about having that class and trying to, it's uh, supposed to be 26 weeks of the foundations of the Christian life. Uh, it'll probably go longer than that. Some of those topics you really need to take more time on. Uh, I told them I don't want to just cover material. I want to make sure that people actually, the information is getting transferred to the heart and mind. And so that may take, you know, a few extra weeks and things like that. Uh, so, but there are some Sunday school lessons that I want the, uh, the people that are in that class to be able to hear. And so we're going to record some of our Sunday school lessons. I'm not sure exactly how we'll produce them or if they can be online or hadn't figured all that out yet. But then I'm going to uh, ask the foundations class, one of the requirements for the foundations class, so to speak, is uh, that they'll go and listen to our uh, Sunday school class. Because some of these are just absolutely, uh, I think, you know, the, the truth. It's not going to be a great delivery. I'm like everybody else. I'm fighting whatever it is that's going around. And, uh, and I'm not sure I'm fighting it because I'm losing desperately uh, to this thing. <clears throat> and, you know, and I'm, I'm fighting. What I'm fighting is that, you know, having to go to the doctor to pay him, you know, $150 for him to punish me. And so, and, you know, to stick something in me at some inappropriate place. And so, so uh, uh, that's really miserable. So, anyway, go to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Hopefully the voice will hold out. And um, now, Genesis chapter 12, we're going to look at verses 1 through 7. We're talking about the, the people in the book of Genesis. Now, we're probably going to go back, uh, you know, unless the Lord just redirects me, but for a while we're just dealing with the people in the book of Genesis. I mean, what was that all about? Uh, it sounded like my wife. Uh, she just got attacked. And so, um, the, um, no, I got to tell you this. I did this to her. I was supposed to meet her at a store. And, uh, and so, I told her, she said, call me as soon as you get here so that, I, you know, I can look for you in the store, you know, because it's a big store. And so, I, I didn't. And, uh, and so, she finally, she calls me to see if, you know, maybe I'm just, lost or couldn't find the store maybe she gave bad directions and so I'm at the time I'm about from here to brother Robert from her but I'm behind her and so I you know calls and she's she says are you still stuck in traffic and I said yes <laughs> and she goes oh I'm so sorry I hate you're stuck in the traffic and she's walking and looking at stuff and I and I had to, I walked back behind her and I grabbed her <laughs> She about lost her mind because <laughs> she knew it couldn't be me grabbing her, you know, because I'm on the phone out in a traffic jam. And uh, so we're not having much for Mother's Day today. So, uh, but it was fun. It really was. But we're dealing with the people in the book of Genesis, what we can learn from the people in the book of Genesis, and then we'll probably go back and, and take some of the, the things, the, uh, the, the different um, great events that took place in the book of Genesis. We'll go back and look at those. But right now we'll look at verse 1. It says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy, of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house and unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. 
And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah, uh, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sichem, unto the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Now, last week we, we were talking about some things about Abraham. And you read through this passage, you think, well, you know, you're going to talk about Abraham again. But we're not. We're going to talk about a man named Lot. And, and this is where Lot is mentioned. And, and I think I, I mentioned it last week. But, but uh, Lot is the nephew of Abraham. And, you know, automatically we'll think nephew that Lot is an adult man, and, and, and I mean, that uh, Abraham's an adult man and Lot's a younger man. But when those who study all these dates and figures, you know, when you research it, many say that they believe that Lot and Abraham were basically the same age. And so they were kind of in a joint venture, really. They just uh, going out, uh, out in this you know, as they took off uh, to go to a land that they really knew not of. Now, today's lesson but to discuss lot we must look to the instructions given to abraham and the promise made to abraham so that's the first thing that we want to do we want to look at the clearly the instruction that was given to abraham yes sir did you need oh okay all right i didn't know we did that i'm learning so many things <laughs> uh, i don't know how long it's going to be that probably about a year from now i'll still be saying do we do that? And so, now, but Abraham was instructed to leave his country, but in the instructions that we read, it said very specifically to leave his kindred. Now, God's word is very specific to mention in verse 4 that Abraham departed as the Lord told him to do so. But then it adds, Lot went with him. And God never gives information without a purpose. I call it evidence. God gives us this evidence, this testimony. He gives it to us for a purpose. And he very specifically says that after he commanded Abraham, told Abraham what to do, that Abraham departed by faith to go to a place he knew not of, by faith to do exactly what he was told to do. But the scripture adds, and Lot went with him. Just a real simple statement phrase. In verse 4, it says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. Then Abraham goes to Egypt to, uh, to escape famine. When he leaves Egypt, God again specifically mentions that Lot went with him into the south. It says in, in chapter 13, verse 1, And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that they had, and Lot went with him. So again, God's very specific, wants us to know that Lot is going with Abraham as he's journeying. Now, the very next time that Lot's name is mentioned, it's when we start to see strife between Lot's people and Abraham's people. You look at chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. 
It says, Lot also, which went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents, and the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell together, for their substance was great so that they could not dwell together. Now, folks, I, you know, we're going to get a little bit ahead of everything, but I, but I believe with all my heart, God blessed Lot because of Abraham. He didn't bless Lot because of Lot. He blessed Lot because of Abraham. But also, also God blessed Lot because he wanted what he commanded to finally be fulfilled. You, you see, sometimes we'll think sometimes, why is it that, that some people that don't live for God are, seem so blessed, have so much? Here's Lot that we're going to find out character-wise, he he's really doesn't have it. Integrity-wise, he really doesn't seem to have it. But prosperity, he's got it. And the truth is, we're going to also find out, he's a saved man. Did you know there's, there's really two types of Christians? There's the Christian that's worldly, that lives for the world, his, his philosophies of the world, his ethics are the, of the world, and there's the Christian, and, we, and the Christian's almost a, a wrong term. There's a saved man that's of the world. There's a saved man that's of God. And what we see here is a, that amazing example of this between Abraham and Lot. You got Abraham, a man of faith. He's not only trusting in God, but he's a man of faith to walk in the principles of, of the word of God, to follow God. Then you have Lot, who is a man who believes in God, but he's a man who follows after the principles of the world. And so you have these two together. Now, in Lot also, in verse 5, it says, Lot also, and went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents, and they, and they were not able to bear him. So the truth is now they're going to separate, and Lot, Abraham, through the, the, the right spirit, is going to look to Lot and say, Lot, you can go and take the best. You, you want the right hand, you take the right. If you want the left hand, you take the left. Whatever you take, I'll take the other. Now, what happens, though, is that Lot, Abraham, is actually handing over a portion of Canaan to Lot, but Canaan was promised to Abraham. Does this make sense? I mean, Something, Abraham is now doing something that probably God did not want done. He's handing over those five cities that are going to eventually be destroyed, Sodom and Gomorrah, and there's actually three other cities. They were in the plains, and the plains were a part of Canaan. Now Lot is there, and this is where he's looking, pitching his tent towards Sodom. He's, he's taking the plains, the well-watered plains. This is all part of Canaan. So... Lot is what many of us, just the, the reason I want to, you know, it's recorded today is not because it's going to be delivered wonderfully or something incredibly dynamic. It's just the truth. Lot is what many of us have to deal with still today. And that is, forgive me, but that is sometimes family, sometimes loved ones, sometimes friends who like to enjoy the blessings of God but have a strong affinity for the world. Which means they also affect us in such a way that the promise of God is hindered for us. You see, we have to be very careful. This is the most difficult place 
to do right and, and do it with wisdom and understanding is when you have a loved one and often a saved loved one who is not going the direction that God wants them to go. Now, we have to be careful about how they influence us. Now, and I'm going to try to explain this the best I can, but often good people, good Christian people are hindered from God's best for their lives because they just cannot break away from those who will pull them down. And when I say break away, I don't mean that you shun them. I mean that you, look, uh, I give this illustration, and and I've already taught it here, but 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 I've said over and over in school, I would tell my, my girls, uh, when they were in school, that I said, in the Christian school, there's going to be some good kids. There's going to be some that are not heading toward God at all. I said, but we're going to be kind and good to everybody in organized, supervised situations. So that means, you know, there we can be in a group setting with, with where, that's, okay, you're at, a, at Thanksgiving and you got family there and families, you got some family that are just, they may be saved, but they're just not going toward God at all. They're going to tell you about who they're going to be voting for. And, uh, and so they're just not going toward God at all. And you got many others that are going toward God. So you got this group situation that is already kind of a controlled situation. We're simply going to sit down and eat. If it's at my house, we're going to pray before we eat. We're going, to, we're going to limit what goes on in the house. So it's a controlled environment, and I can be very loving, very good, and very helpful and very encouraging to, these, to them. Now, am I going to go meet them to go bowling every Friday night? No. I'm not going to do that. Now, because it's just not wise for me to do that. It's not wise for me because normally... Normally, folks, okay, I'm not real well right now, so I've had to limit who I go visit when I go visit, you know, like uh, Brother Cummings in the hospital, and I just, I, I went initially, but I can't go back right now because I'm afraid I'm going to bring, I can't go see Mrs. Hansen. I was going to try Wednesday. She wasn't feeling up to it, but from Wednesday on, I really can't uh, because I'm afraid I'm just going to give her more what she's already fighting. And so, you know, there's, there's things. Now, what I just said was, is that me being sick, I go visit somebody who's well, they don't get well. I, I don't get well, they get sick. And, you know, my wife was the one that had this initially. And she kissed me. It was that one time a month that she was going to kiss me. But no, she kissed me and and I'm like, 24 hours later, I'm feeling rotten. And she said, oh, I shouldn't have kissed you. <laughs> and I said, that, you are exactly right. And so this is all your fault. Now, sick people don't make well, uh, you know, uh, well people don't make sick people well. Sick people make well people sick. Now you say, yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes in controlled environments, we will try to help, we will try to counsel, we'll try to do everything we can, we'll try to encourage, we will love, we will not condemn. Because Let me help you. Telling them one more time that you don't agree with something, they already know it. It's not going to do a bit of good. 
So I'm not going to say, I'm going to be good to them, I'm going to love them, I'm going to be kind, I'm going to smile, I'm going to laugh, I'm going to joke, I'm going to do whatever I can do. But I cannot get in a relationship where I'm with them all the time because I'm going to get pulled that way. So, my son-in-law, one of them, I have actually seven, one's in heaven, but but my son-in-law leads an addictions program. They know the program night is be- the best night for the program is Friday night. Now, why do they pick Friday night for all these people that are struggling with addictions to come to the program? Well, because the most, the greatest potential for partying and and that type of activity is Friday night. So if they have the addictions program on Friday night, they're simply pulling them away from those people that will lead them astray. So they do it on Friday, Friday night. Hopefully that there will, something will happen Friday night that will strengthen them to avoid Saturday night. Now, but when a man w- wants even more help, he will move into the, what they call the RU home. And they, I don't know right now, they probably have 35 or 40 men in that home. They're from all over the nation. But when he really wants more help, he moves into the home and chooses to separate from those people back home who will pull him down. It's a, it's a, it's a separation by choice because they know, I can't, I, I, I'm too weak. I will succumb to the temptation. So I must pull myself away from the temptation. And I'm trying the best I can to to explain that it it is not something that we, you know, we walk up to a family member and go, you know, we're not doing that. That's not it. We're we're not uh, thinking that that there's some kind of contagious, diseased animal. You know, that's not it at all. We love them. We're good to them. We encourage them. We help them. But we have to limit our social environment with them because we have a tendency to weaken so easily. Lot was a friend, a loved one, a family member. He was a saved man, for the scripture says in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that are after uh, that after should live ungodly. And listen, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. See what's happened? Lot, just Lot, justified Lot, saved Lot, we would, the terminology. His soul is being vexed by the conversation, the behavior of the people that he's around. It says, for that righteous man dwelling among them, look what happens to him now. He's weak because he went there in the first place. Okay? But when he went there, now he's going down fast because dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Lot was greatly affected, greatly affected. Now, he was family, he was saved, 
but he was not going the direction that God wanted Abraham to go. And the truth is, Abraham made a wise decision when he said, you take the right hand, I'll take the left. You take the left hand, I'll take the right. Choose what you want, but we're going to separate because their desires were different. He was a man that day by day allowed so much lot, was so much of the world in that his soul was vexed. Vex means he was worn down or oppressed. He did not have the sense or willpower to get away from that which was wearing him down. Folks, you get, we have to make decisions. When Joe Beth and I first got in church, uh, you know, before we got in church, of course, right before we got married, the, one of the last things we did before we got married is we won a dance contest down in Miami, Florida. Amen? I know, every time I say that, people look at me like, no. But it's true. The, uh, so, now, when you're in that environment, though, you're not growing spiritually because there's so much influence, so much now terminology and language that you're allowing. There's so much philosophy that you're allowing. There's so much to dance the music, the words and these subtle things that come in from the words and the music. It's pumping into your head. Now we've been, we got married, we got in church and we really just barely had come to church for maybe a few weeks. I, it's so hard to remember now. But we were brand new and so, hey, we're gonna go back dancing, go back to the old place that we go to down there by Memphis State. And so we took off down there we walked in the door. We, I can't remember if it was two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, I'm not sure. We stood there. The lights were flashing, the music's playing, and people everywhere, and all the exact same thing that had always gone on when we went dancing was going on. But now there was somebody inside of us. And we looked at each other and said, we don't belong here. We can't stay here. And we turned to walk out, and that was the last time that we ever went into a place like that. Now, the fact is, is that we have to come to a point where there's some things that we just don't do. He did not have the sense or willpower to get away from that which was wearing him down. These people, listen to me, are to be loved. They, we're to be very kind to them, we're to be very encouraging to them, to be very helpful to them, but you cannot spend lots of time with them. They will wear down your soul. When they always go back to the, listen, and you say, what kind of people are you talking about? When given Christian people, when they're the type of people that always go back to the environment that oppresses them, after you have tried to help them, you then have to understand you may have to limit your involvement with them because that's the choice they're making, to go back, to go back. And you can help them as much as you can in control situations, but you've got to be so very careful. If Lot sought help and fought to stay away from that which wore him down, then Abraham could have helped him more. 
Abram loved Lot so much, Abraham loved Lot so much that when Lot was captured, we didn't read this portion, but when Lot was captured, Abraham went after him and saved him. But I want you, you know, when we read this thing, you have to understand, here's Lot, he's in Sodom and Gomorrah now, he's, his soul is being vexed, other kings come and capture him, they're taking him away, Abraham comes and saves Lot, and you know where Lot goes? He goes right back. Thank God, though, that Abraham, did he love him? Yeah, he went after him. He saved him. He brought him out. And what happens? Lot goes right back. And folks, sometimes people we love, we go after them, we pull them, we bring them back. You know what they're going to do? They're going to go right back. Now, that's not going to stop me from going after him again. Abraham went after him again when God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Abram's pleading for Lot and his family. But, but the fact is, is that Abraham couldn't go there and eat dinner with Lot every night in Sodom. So, how important is it that we obey God and at times be willing to separate from those who would wear us down? Let's go back to the initial instructions again. It says in verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And now we know, though, look what happens, though. God makes this promise to Abraham. But I want you to read what happens when Lot finally departs from Abraham, when they finally separate. Lot has been with Abraham all this time, and God said, there's a reason God said, don't take anybody else from the family with you. Don't take anybody else with you. There's a reason that he said, and Lot went with him. He wants us to know, I told him, and now, folks, obedience is immediate, which Abraham immediately left, but it's also complete, immediate and complete. Do everything I told you. But now let's look what happens when Lot finally departs from Abraham, which in fact, when, that, when Lot finally departs from Abraham, when he finally leaves and says, well, you know, they, Abraham says, okay, we, we should have done this a long time ago, but Lot, if you'll take the right, you take the right, I'll take the left, whatever, you go. Now, Abraham finally is in full obedience to God's command, finally. Now, now he's in obedience to the instructions God has given him, and which means he's now eligible for God's promise. And now I want you to look at Genesis chapter 13, verses 11 through 17. Let's look at this real quickly. So then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. And I just lost my spot here. Hold on, east. And they separated themselves, the one from the other. More evidence. I mean, here we, finally they've separated. Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan. That's where he's supposed to be. And Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And look, and look at verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, this is such a key. I love the fact that God gives so much evidence. Look at this. It says, and the Lord said unto Abram, after that lot was separated from him. God's making it real clear. Now I'm going to talk to you, Abraham. After lot separated. Now that lot's gone, look what, Abraham, what God's going to say. He says to Abraham, now that lot's gone, 
Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it unto thy seed forever, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then they shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. God says, now it's yours. Now it's yours after that lot is gone. When final obedience came, if we want the blessing of God, we must do it God's way. And here's what happens, and ladies especially, let me help you ladies now, because your emotions get involved here. And you say, but we, we've, got to, we, we've got to do this. No, we don't have to do it. We've got to obey God. But what will everybody else think? What will God think? Abraham, I believe, was limited from the blessing of God for all this time. Now, God had promised it, but not until he fulfilled and was in complete obedience and light departs. Now God says, okay, now. Notice he used the word now. Now I'm going to do it. Now, finally, Abraham, you caught on. You caught on that you just can't keep that around you. You say, why would God do that? Well, first of all, God knows who Lot is. He knows what Lot's going to do. He knows that Lot's going to... Forgive me, it's not in the Bible, and I can't prove this, but did Lot have an effect on Abraham going to Egypt in the first place? Did they sit around dinner and just say, there's a famine here? And Sarah says, Abraham, maybe we should go somewhere else. And Lot says, I agree with Sarah, let's do it. We got to go. Abraham, you're being foolish to stay here. I don't know that happened but it sure is possible. We must meet God's requirements. And the first thing that's going to be said at the point like this is we're in the day of grace. And we've got to be, you know, we've got to show everybody they're all accepted. And let me tell you, God loves everybody. We love everybody. Everybody walks through these doors. We're going to try to love with everything in us. But God does not accept our sin. He doesn't approve of it. It's not okay with him because he loves. Love doesn't say everything's okay. Love says I'm loving you in spite of your sin. And so you say we're in a day of grace and I agree. And that's the only reason. Listen, that's the only reason God has not already brought judgment upon us for violating his commands. But we have to also understand God is a God of justice and judgment also. And God says, he wasn't even mean to Abraham. Truth is, he blessed him financially. He prospered all, the, all along the way. But the promise was not going to be fulfilled until the requirements were fulfilled. Now, to all those in the other class over there, I want you to understand, if you want all that God has for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your children, you've got to obey God's promise. 
you got to fulfill the requirements or the promises are of none effect. And that's, that's this age that we're living in. What we do is we take a promise from God. Okay, and I got, I've already gone over, but right now the whole nation, we're talking about prayer. And I'm going to preach on this one day. We're talking about prayer. But listen, folks. 2 Chronicles 7, 14 does not say fully that the requirement is that we pray and God will heal our land. It's a lot more in that verse than just pray. You've got a lot of people that pray and never turn from their wicked ways. So, that's our lesson on Lot. Hopefully we can learn from that. Father, I pray that you're blessed. Lord, I pray that you be with us the next hour in Jesus' name. Amen. We got about 14 minutes, 13 and a half, something like that before we start back. And I got to get some. I'm sorry? Sing what? (laughs) The killer is Robert, turn this thing off. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.